Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I enjoy an occasional road trip because, like, when I was younger, like you, like my family, there's only four of us, and we used to go on a road trip all the time. So we drive all over the country. And it's like you get build really cool memories from that. But at the same time, at this point in my life, I'm just trying to jump on the flight two hours, be where I want to be, you know? Like those 18, 19 hour drives. Yeah. Stop, oh, man. Every pilot and QT across the country. Yeah. Like it's fun. And like those are enjoyable memories, but it's just like, bro, as an adult, like as a kid, you're like, oh, this is fun. Like road trip. As an adult, you're like, all right, bro, give me on this uh, this flight. I don't know that I even thought it was that fun as a kid. I wasn't planning on starting the show this way, but let's do it. I have a couple of questions for you about what you just brought up. Uh, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey. You. And we have our buddy, our expert the self-proclaimed star of the show, Tony Gill, producing for us today like he always is. A.K.A. the Patrick Beverly of our podcast. Yep. You don't always like him, just, but just you pushing us do. in the back every turn. <laughs> you don't always like him, but you do always need him. Uh, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Obvious Shirts. Very glad to be doing things with them. Not just, uh, I don't know, it feels like more than just friends at this point, Russ. They've sponsored our show. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. You can use our promo code adjacent 10 to get 10% off and free shipping and their website. Uh, but also they, where I feel like this went to the next level is they've got our shirts. Now they've got mm-hmm. five shirts in our collection, but 10, if you count the fact that you can get each one in gray or blue, whichever you prefer. So right. uh, things are going very well for them and things are going very well for us with them. The obvious shirt store opening in Wrigleyville later this month, which is awesome. Like congrats to Joe. Like that's a really big deal. Where would you go on these night? You said 18, 19 hours that, that, practically puts you in Colorado or Florida, depending on I mean, what we, direction we, you went. We would, we would. So when it's, it's easy, it was easier when my brother and I were at the same like school. So mm-hmm. my brother, Joe is, uh, it goes between three and four years uh, older than me. And so like when he was in seventh grade and I was in uh, third grade or I was in uh second grade and he was in like, fifth or sixth grade yeah like that it would work easier than when he was in college um or i was in college or whatever and like everybody was doing their own things and then once i got into sports heavy that kind of changed stuff too um and work around that but well, if you're playing baseball that wipes out the summers right and so then we would have to find a week whether it's a spring break yeah. or a week in the summer where there were no tournaments and stuff um no games but we would drive everywhere, dude. Like we would drive down to Texas, uh, Florida, the East Coast. We drive to Colorado, through Colorado, New Mexico. Like we'd go everywhere. So 
like there's so many places I've been in my life before 27 that most people haven't gotten to yet because we just you go on these road trips with the fam and like hit all these different states and see all these different things so it was it was really cool like and then we would go like we're a big restaurant family so like trying different restaurants is something that like yeah. enjoy and so like doing that too it's weird to me to hear you describe the driving part of that as something you enjoyed as a kid because I mean, maybe it's big maybe because you were doing it at a different time because i'll let you know right now that was a different ball game in the 90s than the 2000s i would i wouldn't say the driving part i just say the trip in general like you, I me, mean, like you, Tony feels the same. Like I enjoy being with my family, and so yeah. like that. Those are really, and I don't get to do it a lot now. So I think part of it is because of like work and stuff. So I think I cherish those moments a lot more when all four of us were together all the time. Whereas now, like I'm on the go, and I get to I see like Chris Bryant more than I see my mom. <laughs> that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I, but that. The drives weren't fun because it's like, dang, you got to hold it. And it's like, ah, I got to go to the bathroom. And there's yes. a bathroom around. Then as a kid, you run into that, uh, I don't want to go into this ner- bathroom that I've never been. There's a weird dude in here. and Right. <laughs> yep. There's poop on the floor. Right. Poop on the always floor. Always a possibility. Always, so, a, always a possibility. Or like you're in these random places that have the most beautiful bathroom in the Like I remember us driving through <laughs> Texas. And it's like 115 <laughs> degrees yep. and we're driving through Amarillo, Texas. And all of a sudden there's this like in one of the, it's not a mountain in Texas, but it's built into like a cliff, like a welcome center. Like you learn on those trips, welcome centers are like great. Okay. And so you walk in and it's like the nicest bathroom I've ever seen in the middle of Amarillo, Texas. And like you walk in there and you're like, oh man, like where are we? And you're like, I've never been to Amarillo. Like it was my first time in Amarillo, Texas before. Uh, but like different stuff like that, like just seeing cool things. Uh, yeah, road tripping was cool, but I think those days are past for me because I'm I'm the first one to jump on a flight now. I hated Same. road trips. What Tony? I hated road trips as a kid. To where? To anywhere. I hate okay, but, long drive. but give us an example of where you're driving to. Like, I hate it long drives to anywhere, like hours. If it was like two hours, I was out. Like, I because I always threw up in the car. I will always oh, get gosh. Okay. Always oh, get right. And the more I think about it, maybe I was just dehydrated and my parents didn't give me enough water. Yeah, they kind of see people going to the bathroom. They're like, hey, no, no, don't give them no Gatorade, don't give them no juice. Because parents get stingy with the juice. Like you get one little bottle of juice. All right, that's it. Yeah. You have enough. Um, well, I have a I have yeah. a friend when I was when I was a, I have a friend when we were kids. My friend Josh would get carsick in the car all the time. I mean, it would happen driving 15, 20 minutes and he'd be driving with us into a Sox game or something like that. And you know how the traffic can get down there and it's hot and it's stop and go. And he's there's one time he's sitting in the back seat just eating nerds like how Tony does during our show, just shoveling them down his throat. And all of a sudden he puts his hand up to shovel some in and then keeps his hand there. Oh God. Because it's about to happen. And so, I mean, we're like, we're probably at this point right in that neighborhood where the ballpark is and he's got to get out and throw up in the, uh, in the, in the street. Like Somebody go on. <laughs> oh no, no, that happened too with Josh. Cause uh, we went out to California and if you've ever driven up and down the Pacific coast, 
it's all curves and hills. It's all up and down, left and right. And uh, he, we'd gone through like the Redwood Forest or something, something majestic and beautiful uh, that everybody should get a chance to see at some point. And we're leaving to go down from there to L.A. And we got to pull over and he just throws up at the bottom of, at the foot of these people's driveway. I think your buddy had a condition. Dude. I don't know. His sister had it, too. He was she was a couple years younger. There was one time where I forget if it was I forget which one of them it was, but they were feeling sick and they were in the front seat of my dad's car. And we were just coming back from like the grocery store or something, not somewhere far away, man. And whichever one of them it was, my dad parks the car. They open the door and then turn their head back in and throw up on the floor of the car instead of out in the parking lot <laughs> or the driveway. Bro. I used to get very frustrated with my dad because we would go on these great road trips and I loved the places we went, but I hated every part of the accommodations. We'll say I didn't like driving because my brother and I would fight the whole time. This is way before we had iPads and things like that. Like my, I just took my kids on trip. They're sitting there with all these pre-downloaded movies from Netflix and, and Disney plus stuff they can watch in the backseat. We didn't have anything like that. We just had to read a book or something that my dad would always say, or just talk to each other or sit there and think your thoughts. And then I realized as an adult that bare minimum to take your family on a plane is like a thousand dollars. That's if you get pretty good flight. I have no idea what flights cost now because they've been all over the map the last two years. But in general, you can count on it being about a thousand bucks to set just to get your family on a plane with plane tickets. And then my dad also, I would not have chosen the same hotels my dad chose. Let's just say my dad chose some hotels that were affordable. The by the hour hotels, not by the hour, but dude, literally one of them was called the Vegabond Inn. <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody was murdered in that pool last week. And it doesn't matter what week you're listening to uh, to this show. That's probably still true. It's, it was called the Vegabond Inn. And uh, there's another uh, sponsor we won't have, Russ, if that's still no, I think we're okay there. We're but, okay. Then I, but then again, just like with the flights versus road trip, I had this epiphany as an adult. I was like, you know what? My dad didn't have a job where he traveled all the time for work and had this giant bank full of points to, you know, stay at five-star hotels anytime we went on the road. But where we would go, that was fun, was we, my dad would take us on baseball trips. Yeah. So I've, I had gone to most of the parks in the league probably by the time I left the house. By the time I was 18 or 20, had been to most of them, and uh, it was really fun going to all those places. The California trip I was telling you about, we flew out to uh, either San Fran or San Diego and – then rented a car and drove. I think we re- I think we flew into San Fran and rented a car and drove down through all five California baseball parks, which was really cool. But uh, but we traveled differently now. And my kids were probably a little bit thrown off going on the road trip too, because my kids. I don't think my kids are spoiled. I mean, you guys would know. You guys have been around my kids a lot. You could probably judge that more uh, objectively than I could. But my kids will ask something like, "Hey, Dad, are we are we getting upgraded to Delta Comfort on this flight?" Or, hey, Dad, do, do we have hospitality lounge access at this hotel? Hey, where's the uh, concierge, Dad? I need to uh, make sure we know where right. all the, uh, the restaurants in the city are. Right. A- answer honestly. You spent a ton of time around my kids. Do you think my kids are spoiled? I don't think they seem like kind of entitled. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all. You, can, I, t- you can tell me. I can take it. No, I, I'm being honest. Uh, I don't think 
there's anything wrong with giving your kids a better experience than you had. Right. I don't want your kids staying at the Vagabond <laughs> where somebody was murdered last week. I don't I don't I don't want your kids staying at a motel where they got the vibrating bed where you put the quarters in. Like, <laughs> well, OK, I, I don't want to slander my dad too badly on this because it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. But it was common for it to be like. I don't want to say names of hotels either because I don't want to get in trouble, but uh it was common for them to be maybe under an overpass or be named things like the Vagabond Inn. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, with having your kids stay at the Hilton as opposed to other places. There's nothing wrong with that. What my kids don't know is that all those really nice hotels they've stayed at, all the points from that come from all the times I've stayed at the Hampton, at the airport Hampton Inn in Detroit or something like that and just racked up points that way and then you know, they use them to stay at really nice hotels. Anyway, you're, you're not on a road trip right now, but you are on vacation. As I understand it. I am on vacation. I am on vacation through the all-star break. So. In the middle of the season, you're off for like two weeks. Well, it's not. Uh, it, are you on just, are you on paternity leave or what is this? <laughs> Funny guy. I'm just on regular vacation. Uh, I'm taking a couple days off. And then the all-star break is next week. So I'm not going out to Denver. So I just got some time off. Um, where like, you know, in a, a 162 game season, like if I don't take today off or if I don't take that time off, like I, I never will this season. Yeah. So, um, no, we work at a cool place where like I can talk to our, our boss and be like, hey, can we make this happen? And he's like, yeah, that's that's totally cool. And uh, we worked it out that way. So. Yeah, man. I just taking some some much needed time off. Uh, that's where that's that's your situation at the Sun Times at Sports Adjacent LLC. You are not given any vacation time. Right. I didn't. I didn't want to come in here today because I'm just like <laughs> I'm on vacation. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? But no, yeah. Sports Adjacent LLC. We haven't uh, thrown PTO into our uh, plan. No. no, but I do. And it must be tough for you because I'm guessing this is the first time you've put on a shirt. It's it's technically a shirt. Um, uh, more than a shirt than you normally wear, but I would assume if you are off for 14 days, I'm going to guess 10 of them don't involve a shirt. Uh, that's about right. I got shorts on Tony. (laughs) That's Tony's favorite. I like it. I like him. He he doesn't have pants on right now. Right. And Tony's not on vacation. That's just kind of how he lives his life. The pandemic has been very good to Tony in that way. I just hope Tony remembers to put pants on before he leaves the house. Like, I don't want him to catch a charge out here. <laughs> Free balling out in the Burbank streets. <laughs> so, you know, it's an interesting topic about. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> no, Russ, you know what's fun about going pantsless in your neighborhood? Free balling no, outside. Here we go. Here we go. Go ahead, Tony. Just the thought of, right, men going shirtless all the time, right? You mean like Russ? Yeah, I mean, like, how come women aren't afforded that same opportunity? Like, not saying that they have to, but if they want to, like on a beach or something, like, why are we shaming women for their bodies when men can just roam around with their shirts off? Can I answer a question before I get out of this whole thing? Um, I every time, every time I've seen you guys, like I've had a shirt on, like even recording this podcast, like, I have never come in here shirtless. That's true. Like, that's true. Some form of clothing on me. That's true. Second yes. thing, 
I used to be fat, dude. Like <laughs> I'm going to show I'm going to show off this progress one way or another. Like if you can go from 315 down to what am I right now? Like 215. I'm going to I'm not going to have clothes on. I'm sorry. Like y'all already have this on. You've earned it. But um, to answer Tony's question, I, I don't know. And that's my la- last thing I'm going to say on that topic. <laughs> Russ, you have so much going on right now in the world of sports between the NBA finals, baseball season, NFL coming up. And it's not usually the case that a media story dominates all of that. But that is what has happened. This is the story uh, from the past weekend. And now it well into this week is Rachel Nichols at ESPN, uh, basically having sour grapes over losing a promotion to Maria Taylor and then being caught on video or recording or whatever you want to call it. The, I don't, I don't know what got circulated, whether it was the video, the audio or both saying that it was audio chosen that Maria Taylor was chosen by ESPN purely for diversity's sake, purely to fix their, to help atone for their terrible track record on diversity within the company rather than for the fact that Maria Taylor might have earned that promotion, which is, which is really, to me, the biggest problem in this whole story right. is it's not that Rachel Nichols is upset because we all get upset when we don't get the thing that we want. And we all have maybe jealousy or friction or whatever with a coworker who gets something that we thought we should have gotten and we thought we earned over them. The problem is assuming that the reason is something superfluous and something that has nothing to do with Maria Taylor's talent. And I think uh, you're absolutely correct. I think one of the things that, you know, listening to the audio clip when it came out and then New York times did a great, like fantastic expose on this whole thing on Sunday. Um, really. That was the the talk of all things sports. Um, this la- the last couple of days, uh, but like listening to it and hearing her say, look, you know, Maria Taylor's great. She does all this different stuff. Yeah. I hope um, she gets everything she wants, but don't do it in like, don't take, don't do it in my thing. Don't do it here. Like yeah. don't take away my thing to promote her. Um, which is, I think, I think there's a way to voice your frustration with that without doing it the way she did. Right. She made it seem like, Oh, well, she's black and you want to, you have a terrible record with diversity. So you want to get ahead of it. And, promote her when in actuality Maria might be one of the most talented people at ESPN. Right. That's a, that's just a fact. Second of all, you could say like, I think so, especially in our business, the idea that you can't make yourself feel good, but also promote somebody else. Like you have to tear down somebody to make yourself feel. I think that's one of the other problems here, right. Where she feels like me and Maria cannot both, succeed in this space right it was like no she has to go somewhere else i'm basketball person i know lebron and chris paul and those guys are my friends like that's how it came off and i think like if you want the idea that it's a zero-sum game right right and i think you could say look i feel like we've done a good job building our nba brand with me as the host i i want maria to be on board too if that's what you guys want to do but Let's just figure out another way without having to take me. I think if that was a conversation, that's different. Yeah. But she made it 
about, no, she can't be here. And then threw herself in, well, I'm a woman and I know about diversity too. And when it's like, nah, fam, no, don't do that. Cause I think a lot of times, um, that, that, that gets thrown into the mix of diversity and that's, that's not when it's when we were talking about true diversity. I don't think that's what it is. And it's really just, I was talking to a friend who used to work at ESPN, by the way, about this on, on Sunday. And I said, they weren't really friends. Like they weren't cool. There wasn't this, what they were just coworkers because in a situation where you have somebody, a friend, where something like this would come up where it's like you and I have been friends and like, let's say the sun times wants to put me on bears coverage yeah, and I'm playing a movie somewhere else because you're my man. I would call you first because you're my friend and be like, Hey, this is what they're talking about. Right. Before it ever got to a point where you're talking about man, F Russ, this is my thing. And like, he wasn't here doing this and you're only putting him on this because he's black X, Y, Z. That's what I would do in my that situation with a friend, somebody I knew and cared about. Right. Even Tony, like when Tony and I were talking about his organization, when I was thinking about going over there, I hit Tony and was like, "Hey, what do you like about this place? Right? What do you what yeah. do you, what do you think about the people over there?" Because that's my man's, and I knew he was going to give me the real about it. They, I don't see that in this situation at all. Like I don't think there was any of that. They were just two people that worked together. Wait, and wait, really I, I actually, that. I think it's okay. I think it's even okay for them not to like each other. That's all fine. She doesn't have to, she doesn't even, she doesn't have to be friends with every person she works with, but you have to have respect for what other people do and bring to the table. And it, it where it crosses a huge line is to accuse someone else of only getting as far as they got because of uh, a, a diversity higher, which is obviously code. I Go ahead, Tony. Now, I, was, I was about to say, Russ got called out for that uh, when he, he read a, uh, uh, what, an email that he got. That right. Oh, yeah. Russ gets that every day, probably. Yeah. I mean. Right. Um, but not from COVID. Oh, yeah, literally. Right. Somebody literally called me an affirmative action hire like last week. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, um, I think this this dives into like the nuances of racism is mm-hmm. and like the stuff that like people always think racism is just saying the N word. Like, no, no, no there's right. some, there's some racist, racist adjacent things uh-huh. that you can do um, mm-hmm. as a person that will negatively, negatively affect uh, progression and your allyship. Like all this stuff that went on, it seemed like Rachel was on board mm-hmm. until you get a behind the scenes look at what she actually thinks about that Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement was all, is all tiring. You know, like, like it's like some type of like deed that requires, you know, a hefty price of your life. Like, no, it's just do the right thing and right. say the right thing and respect everybody. Um, and in a in an honest moment, Rachel and LeBron's PR guy, like he's not getting away with it either. They they right. come for him too. We just don't know. We just don't remember his name offhand because right. he doesn't have they, a TV show. But yeah, he right. doesn't host the jump on his right. Two, right. Three, like every day. Right. And it, it really just shows, again, like I said, the, the nuances of, yes, she works with a lot of black men on the jump and she rotates a lot of black men on her show. But when a black woman is coming up, no, 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 that's my me first. I'm me first. Me, white woman, me first. Yeah. Then we can 
get some black women, you know, in these spots. And that's what it felt like as she was saying that. And there's a lot of undercover people like that. Bill Burr did a monologue on SNL on it, where he was like, you know, women are all for, you know, equality and, and white women are all for equality. Right. Until it's black women that wants to, you know, come up as yeah. well. They're like, no, no, right. us first. And, and I think that was when I'm talking about her saying, as a woman, I know about diversity. She's like, no, as a white woman, you don't know about the diversity that other women of color are striving for. Mm. Like, you don't you you don't have any idea what that's like to even make it as far as Maria Taylor has in this business and then still try to get to another level. You don't know about that. Bro, black women and, got it the worst in sports media. Yeah. Black and they're women. They have it the absolute worst. And I think, you know, now... They and this is this was this is not this didn't just happen like it just came out in the public eye on Sunday. It's been a year. It, plus. It's been a year. Yeah. Right. And they kept this thing going for a year with them being at odds. And I, I think to to spin this forward, I think one of the things that I have a bigger problem with last week there was a story that came out about Maria Taylor and her contract negotiation over ESPN, yeah. where it was leaked that a. Apparently, she wanted Stephen A. Smith money. She wanted eight million, upon, eight million a year. And upon reading that, you're just like, no, she did not. Like, that's not. Come on now. Stop. Like, you you can't. And then you knew they knew this story was coming. You knew, like, they're trying to get ahead of it somehow. And so many times in, in situations like this, it's just like Maria is the ang- just the angry black woman. Right. The angry black woman don't want to work with nobody. Diva X, Y, Z, all the things that they labels that they give black women. No. And I, and I think. Many of the people who worked with Maria on NBA countdown, NBA pre and post shout out to Jalen Rose being a stand up dude on one of the uh, playoff games last week where they she said uh, Reggie Jackson, somebody's going to give him the bag this summer. And Jalen Rose goes, yeah, Maria's the most talented person at ESPN. They need to give her the bag, too. Uh, <laughs> all she could do is laugh. But um, those guys, they were going to, like, stop working if they took Maria off the air, right? Um, so it's I think the whole thing is nasty. And Maria's contract is up in, in at the end of July. And people are like, oh, Maria needs to leave. Like, she should go. And for me, I feel, like, weird – not weird. It's like, I don't want Maria to get forced out because of a situation where somebody was talking mess about her, right? Where the culture was toxic towards her. Right. And if she had to leave because of that, I don't think that's fair. Now, if she wanted to leave, which you're like, this is a toxic environment and a toxic culture, and I don't want to be a part of this anymore. That's different. But if it's no, I want to be here because we have built something really great, but I can't feel like I don't feel like the company will allow me to do that. That's another issue. And she was about to be out. It it sounded like before this came out. I mean, ESPN has spent a year trying to hide this and sweep this under the rug as Rachel Nichols popularity has been probably higher than ever over the past two years. And there, it sounded pretty much like they were willing to sweep this under the rug. Maria Taylor's contract was going to run out. Rachel Nichols would still be one of the stars there. The only person getting disciplined for any of this is the video video technician or whoever who a, a producer, a video producer who leaked yeah. this, Kayla Johnson. And yeah. like, cause she she get she showed Maria, then she took it to HR, which is what you're supposed to do. 
That sounds like by the book protocol to me. I don't know. I don't know the employee handbook there, but that sounds like the right thing to do. And then she got suspended for two weeks without pay and demoted and then had all these te- uh, unwanted tasks at the network. And it's like if you're Disney, the parent company of ESPN, you you put yourself in a position for a, a, a whistleblower lawsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, if I did the right thing, I follow protocols. I did exactly what you're supposed to do and you suspend me for it. Now I'm suing you. And I think th- this is a situation. I think they are uh, in shambles over there at Disney trying to figure out the situation because, you know, when you listen to this, it'll be Thursday or whenever um, we're recording on the first day of the NBA finals are tonight. And they took ESPN house today that they're taking Rachel Nichols off the coverage. Uh, Malika Andrews, shout out to the homie Malika. She's going to be doing sidelines during the finals. So, you know, things are, uh, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. You guys, they hoped it would, but I don't think it will now. No, they hoped it would, but now that it's public, it's not. They, 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 brought they spent work. a year. They spent they a year. Yeah, the next, the, the next day on the jump. I was like, I, there was no way she should have been on the jump yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, here's where it's not going to work. Been, apology. Here, here's where it's not going to work, no matter how badly ESPN wants it to, is so much of her success has been because of these connections that mm-hmm. she has made as a journalist and done very well making those connections. That's not a negative. That's a positive. That's what you're supposed to do in these jobs. And tell me which of those connections is going to survive this both, both in the company and outside the company, both the former players that she works with now and the current players that she covers now, they are not going to be on her side in this one. I don't think. I would have like, they, they did the show right after, on that Monday, she came out with like a 30 second, you know, apology. But then the most of the time, Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins are the guys that's talking. Yeah, you it know, was so was, unfair. Like, and then they just, why, kind, of, then just kind of went on with, yeah. with the show. And if I'm, you know, I think PJ Tucker was on, Jeru Holiday, they did the whole car wash of players. If I'm those players, I'm like, I'm not coming on with her. Like, what is she doing? Like, what is she doing? Like, I can't rock with that. Like, until she, you know, she there needs to be some, you know, reprimand of of Rachel Nichols that we're not seeing. Like, it's it's crazy ESPN is, like, letting this this go as, like, ah, oh, it's just a, a squabble between teammates. Like, no. Like, if what if there was another up-and-coming Black journalist yeah. at ESPN? Is she going to step on them, too? Like... No, it's, you definitely... Um... As a network, they look really bad. Um, and you've heard things over the years about ESPN's culture, whether it's the their sticks to sports policies and you know how people over there, your your social medias are not necessarily yours, and you can't say the things that you think and believe in X, Y, and Z. It doesn't sound like a, a place where you would want to uh, to be a part of. Um, but it's yo know, the, the four letter network. They were every oh, it's the dream come true if you're over there. But you start to see what it appears to be on the outside is not necessarily what it is on the inside. And it's also stick to sports unless it becomes profitable for us for you to not stick to sports. Correct. It, it's, like, it, and that goes to this that goes to this conversation as well, where it feels this not only undercuts a lot of what Rachel Nichols has said mm-hmm. and done over the past year year and a half that has looked good on the, on the outside, on the appearance, 
but that this was allowed at ESPN and this went for a year plus and that the only person disciplined in this entire scenario was a black, the black video producer, mm-hmm. Kayla Johnson, who by my view did exactly what she should have done. That undercuts a lot of ESPN's messaging that they've wanted us to buy into. They've wanted everyone to buy into for the past year and a half. And like with, I think with Rachel, this she was one of the, I was one of the first people like Tony talked about like Black Lives Matter, different things players were doing, the reasons players were doing this, and it's like all right, she understands, she gets it. That takes away from all that, like all that was just lip service now. And then there's this whole idea of she was a women empowerment, like pushing women ahead in in the NBA and in sports. Yep, that's great. That's what we want to see. But what about this with women empowerment? Right? What? How are you uplifting Maria Taylor in this situation? Right? You're disparaging her, and basically doing it twice because now another black woman. Because I don't even think Kayla Johnson's at ESPN anymore. Um, basically was forced out because of this. Hopefully Maria won't get forced out, but that could be also still be on the table that Maria's no longer there at the end of all this. Like, I don't see how that's women empowerment. And so like you, it's one of those talking out both sides of your mouth type of types of thing where like now I'm, I'm like, I felt the last four years, like seeing who people are, like I want to see who people really are. Like, I'm glad we got to see who Rachel Nichols is. Right. Because if you felt that that way in private, like what else do you feel this way about? And so, um, yeah, it was it was one of those things. You're just like, man, like that sucks. Because you you thought like you thinking about having an ally, having somebody in your corner for a lot of these different things that we as black people go through, um, black things that black women go through, and it's like to find out that that was fake. You know, it sucks. Yo, it's Russ Dorsey. Look, you've been waiting. I've been waiting. And now it's time. Sports adjacent merch is now available for pre-order on obviousshirts.com. That's obviousshirts.com. Look, you want some new merch? You want some stuff that says sports adjacent? Maybe Tony Gill versus libraries. Maybe you love Russ Dorsey. We have shirts for you too. Go to obviousshirts.com, make your pre-orders, and you'll have that merch in no time. But don't forget, because we have this great partnership with our friends over at Avia Shirts, you can use promo code ADJACENT10 to get 10% off your purchase. That's promo code ADJACENT10 to get 10% off your purchase. Avia Shirts, words on shirts. I like everything about my setup. Like I, I love having a family and I love having kids and I love my wife. There are parts about being single that sound kind of good sometimes, like that you know where everything is in your house. And one of the things that comes up is that I bet that you in your life as a single person never have to worry about how bad something that you're eating smells. Because sometimes things that taste good also kind of smell bad. You know what I mean? Like different cheeses or things like that, or onions or garlic. You never have to worry. Hey, is anyone bothered by this? Because you live alone. Whereas like I got this stuff that I like and it's, this is going to sound gross, but again, there are things that are kind of gross that actually taste good, but it's this smoked trout. And if you like smoked salmon, you'll probably like this, but in, you know, in my wife's defense, it, the package it comes in looks like cat food. 
So I understand her being grossed out by this and it does smell pretty bad. I'll give her that. It is kind of like if you use the bathroom right after someone else has used it and you walk in there and you're like, this doesn't smell very good. That's kind of like what it smells like in whatever room you ate this in. Yeah. And I'm and good. Yeah. But, but if, you, but if it was you, you wouldn't have to worry about that. You wouldn't have to worry about someone coming in there into the kitchen 20 minutes later and be like, Oh, why does it smell so horrible? In here? I don't, I don't usually have that issue. Like I'm a big, uh, big candles guy. Okay. So when you came over here, I didn't have them out because like, I'm not trying to press you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I, I have a ton of candles. So yeah. So we don't have a problem with smell. Really. You, you hid them away. huh? I did. I did. Is there anything you eat that you'd say is like, I, I like this, but I'll admit it's kind of gross. Uh, it's funny. Cause you're, you talked about, your daughter like uh, talking about this a couple weeks ago, but I'm a hard boiled egg guy. That might be it. <laughs> that is gross. But it's just like I need. Sometimes I need. I'm big enough getting my protein in for the day, and boiled eggs are, are really good for that. They're really easy to make. I can storm the fridge, eat a couple before I go to the gym. Different things like that. But that's probably the only thing that's like, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, nah, man, that's that's about it. You have to store those boiled eggs, by the way, in a Tupperware, a sealed airtight Tupperware. Yeah. Because if you don't, every time you open the fridge, it's just like being blasted with a cold fart. What do you eat that's gross, Tony? Mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> well, um, Tony. Uh, all right. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Mm-hmm. Um. You do this on a consistent basis or you've done this before? No, no, every so often. You know, you know what? I want like a mayonnaise sandwich. Wait, like just oh, uh, that's so disgusting. Right, Tony, so you have money. So <laughs> right, Tony, you do got money. All right. So I, I, I like mayo too. I'm a I'm a big mayo guy, but so just bread, mm-hmm. slather some mayo on bread, eat. Yep. Hood sandwich. Let's go. Tony, I didn't think there was anybody that liked mayo more than I did, but I think you might have uh you might have taken the crown. I don't I don't be eating mayo sandwiches. You can take I wouldn't be able to have a conversation with you while you're eating that. I wouldn't be able to sit there across from you and talk to you yeah, while think- you're eating that. I'd have to be like, I'm gonna step outside and you let me know when you finish this and I'll come back and we'll finish our conversation. Like I dip my fries in mayo. I think that's really good. I didn't know they did it in Belgium until I was like 15 or 16. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I put mayo on hot dogs instead of like other condiments. So that might be weird to other people. But like, yeah, that's probably about it. But a mayo sandwich is definitely super hood, Tony. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Man. Is wow. the bread at least toasted, or is this just like a big, no. soggy no. pile no, of man, bread no and mayonnaise? That's disgusting, I'm, I'm, man. I'm missing fats out of my diet. Drop some bread, put some mayo or some Miracle Whip or some mayo adjacent in there. <laughs> mayo j- sandwich bread? Yes, sandwich sir, bread sandwich is definitely mayo bread. adjacent. Yep. <laughs> Go to town. Yum, yum, yum. Mm-mm. Yummy in my this thumb. Is my dad, to- Go ahead. My dad loves sandwich bread. Because my dad's from the hood too, West Side. Uh, and so I'm going to just start saying, Dad, did you get some uh, mayo adjacent from the store today? And he'll know what I mean. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> oh, it, man. 
mayo sandwiches. You ain't never had a mayo sandwich, Tony. I've had I, a lot I don't of like mayonnaise. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, hood Whoa. foods before, but mayo sandwiches were not on the list. Like I've had Vienna sausages, trash. I've had potted meat, trash. Man. I've had uh, what'd you say? Bam sandwiches. Yeah, I've had bam sandwiches. Uh, spam sandwiches. Um, the bologna. See, those are good. I can still rock with those these days. Uh, but uh, sh- sugar toast. Let's go, man. Tony, don't be telling all of a uh, family business stuff. Let's go, man. <laughs> Hey, you, you, you some, no. Put you on some of these hood snacks. Yeah, I, Jason, uh, do you think um, Anna and Grace would like a mayo sandwich for oh lunch gosh, tomorrow? No, that's disgusting. <laughs> you know, you know what I like that's along those lines for me. That is like dirt cheap food that is not actually very good and isn't good for you at all. But I still crave it from time to time. Is ramen noodles? I'm good on ramen. That was the one I was just like, y'all can keep that. Yeah. I never had, my parents never gave us ramen because it's like, they didn't want to give us early onset diabetes. <laughs> oh my God. So, I don't think you get diabetes from that. I think you get cholesterol and every other problem from that. Oh, uh, you're a lot of sodium in there. For, for, Tons yeah, of sodium. For the blacks, it's like, you got the pressure. Uh, that, that'll give you the salt diabetes. And <laughs> diabetes. The sugar. The sugars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this show went somewhere i did not expect it to go today it's great oh none of this is part of the show <laughs> oh no, no 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 we're putting we're putting mayo sandwiches in there what are you talking about can, can i ask a question i have never heard it referred to as sandwich bread is that just a loaf of sliced white bread is that what you're referring to what is sandwich bread no it's the uh it's the mayo that comes in the green Oh, no, you mean sandwich spread. Yeah. It's I like, thought you were saying sandwich bread. No, oh, sandwich, no, sandwich oh, bread. bread. So it it's like, it's it's kind of orange. I've never heard of sandwich spread either now that we're talking about it. I, I imagine you have not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so sandwich spread is basically, it's like mayo. Uh, I think it's, it's like onion. It's like onion. It's like, yeah. it looks like, it looks like Thousand Island dressing. It will, if okay. you're not prepared, if you're hoping for mayo and you get sandwich spread, it's the you're worst. You're disappointed. Yeah. It's the worst. But if you know you're going into it, it's sandwich spread. It's like, all right, okay. It's, it's Yo, mayo. my dad, I love my dad. Shout out to, to my dad. He used to make me and Joe's lunch sometimes as kids. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't tell us, yo, we ran oh, out of mayo. That's the worst. So bro would put sandwich spread on him and I would bite it to the I'm like, who in the f- Put what is this sandwich bread? And somebody like, Dad, what did you put on the uh the sandwiches today? Cause I was like, it wasn't mayo. He's like, Oh, I had to get sandwich bread because we ran out of mayo. I'm like, you couldn't tell me that before I bit into it, thinking some mayo was gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason, I don't think they uh they sell sandwich bread in uh Elgin. First of all, shout out to everybody out there listening to House of L that our podcast has been on for now four months, I believe, which is awesome. That's insane. Uh, Lawrence made a video on his socials, put it out yesterday that House of L reached one million downloads, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. Um, And we appreciate you guys being a part of that, listening to our podcast, subscribing, downloading, listening, interacting, writing comments, uh, reviews. 
Um, continue to do that. Continue to listen. Tell your friends. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Um, we appreciate all the support. And I know Lawrence does, too. It's been a goal of his for a while. I, most of those uh, downloads are his, I think. <laughs> I don't. We've chipped in a very small piece I, of the pie. No, I wasn't saying we chipped in like, hey, 500,000 of those. Are, I didn't say that. We put them over the top. <laughs> we we'll do some, some downloads in there. We are, we're with House of L Network on purpose. We're with House of L Network because it fit perfectly with what you and I wanted to do for a show. And that made Lawrence kind of the perfect mentor or executive producer for what we were putting together in the months leading up to the show debuting and in the months since it's been on. So obviously that relationship has been incredible for us and both of us, all three of us are really good friends with him personally outside of any of this. And it's really good to see him have success. He's had a lot of success in his career, but I think it's cool to see him have success with something that was really just his from the ground up that he built and has now gone into this role of expanding it with us, with Maddie Lee and with several other projects. Go house of L to the moon. Let's go. I won't stop. Speaking of the future. Yeah, let's get to this, uh, Jason, because I'm curious to what you want to find out about. Speaking of the future. <laughs> that was great. Really good job there, producer. Well, I, you guys talk about future all the time. And so I wanted to find out about him and uh, just figured, hey, I'll start my search at Wikipedia, where I always do. And I typed in future and got a page about the actual future, like the time yet to come. And uh, that was interesting. A lot of weird stuff on there, but not what I was looking for. So I went to the disambiguation page and there were about 30 different options. Scrolled down, found future parentheses, wrapper, end parentheses. And that was the one I wanted. And so I looked through that and didn't really find a lot on there, except that he seems to have a lot of kids and seems to be wildly successful, like incredible career as a performer, it sounds like. So then I went to Google and typed in, what's up with Future? And he apparently has a song called What's Up With That or what, what something like that. And uh, so that's all that came up. That didn't help. So then I typed in, what's the deal with Future? And uh, really all I found out was that he either invented or popularized purple drink or dirty Sprite or lean, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing, right? Those sounded like synonyms when I was reading them. <laughs> yeah. You're off the right internet. And I feel like neither. I f so I feel like in this search, it has come up empty. I, I have learned about future who is my same age and uh, you know, similar career trajectory, I would say. But I, it does not really help me explain why you guys talk about future in probably one out of every three staff meetings we have. First of all, that was... You guys are constantly... Tony's constantly calling you future. You're constantly being like, shut up, Tony. I'm not future. Uh, you guys are saying things like, hey, don't be like future. It, it sounds like you don't want to be future. But then when I read about future, he's very successful. So I, I think my internet search did not lead me to whatever the answer is here. So will you please, Russ, just teach me about future. The funniest part about you went through the depths to get like, I don't know what made you decide to do this. Because you, you guys talk about it all the time. And I was like, 
I don't, I don't want to. Like, I don't, well, it would have been embarrassing bad. to be like, what's the joke, guys? But then now this is more embarrassing, it turns out. Future's a rapper, right? Um, I got that. Remember, he, I, I told you that part. One of the mother... One of the mothers of his children is Sierra, who's now married to Russell Wilson, right? He had that. I got that part. Yeah. Um, or, oh, the, we talked about him last week with Scottie Pippen because one of his uh, romantic partners was Larsa Pippen, Scottie's wife, while they were also married. Okay. Um, and also, um, Future Likes the Ladies. And in his music, He's rather toxic in his lyrics, particularly about his relationships with women, right? Uh, Tony likes to call me future. I don't think it fits because I have great relationships with women. So now I'm going to put it on Tony. Tony, <laughs> Yeah, I call you baseball future because <laughs> in, in your uh, singledom, um, you you love the ladies, man. The ladies love them some Russ, <laughs> and uh, you make no bones about it. What the situation is here's I think the honesty aspect of Future and about what he's about I think is like what makes Future like a thing, uh, in its own self. Like he knows what he's there for. You know what he's there to do. He's not there to you know wife you up. He's not there to you know console you in your deepest darkest times to help you out. Future is there for one reason and one reason only. And if it's not that, uh, what 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 text did he send? If you, like, for example, Jason, uh, uh. Future flew out uh, a young lady and this young lady thought it was time to get her career in motion. And Future was like, oh, no? Okay, uh, be good, love. I'll catch you later. Like just the, the brutal honesty that he, he presents women with the situation, have them make the choice if they want to be involved or not. Um, I feel like Russ is a bit nicer than that, but I don't think women are confused by his situation and what he's about to present in this in this uh, courtship. Or, or Russ, or your response. Or... I don't have a response, bro. <laughs> All right, good. Let's play. What's that mean? And now it's time for. What does that mean? With your host, Jason. Leisure. That's the thing. What are you talking about? And everybody's favorite contestant, Russ Dorsey. <laughs> I don't understand. Jason. All, All right. right. It's, a, it's a new game, Russ. You're the contestant this time. I'm flipping it around on you. Of course you are. Yeah. Welcome to What's That Mean? 1920s edition. I wanted to do this where we would do slang that I would know, but you might not know. But... Okay. Much to your disappointment, we're not far enough apart in age for that to work. You would still know most of the slang that I grew up with. So I went back 100 years to see if you know what some of these terms mean from the 1920s. Russ, are you ready to play? I am not, but let's do it. (laughs) Sounds like a yes. All right. If someone refers to flappers and jelly beans, they are referring to what? Flappers? And jelly beans. That's right. Well, I thought jelly beans were jelly beans. You're wrong. Give them the X. (laughs) Flappers flappers are women and jelly beans are their boyfriends. This seems toxic. I don't know. 0 for 1, Russ. Next word is zazzled. 
If someone is zazzled, they are what? You know what? I don't feel bad, but not getting these because I don't think anybody knows the beat. Like, Tony, just give me the, the X. You have, to, you have to take a guess before I give you uh, an X. Give him the X. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Again, Russ, I'll remind you of the nature of the show. We are looking for answers, not explanations and excuses. Zazzled in the 1920s was a way of saying drunk. If you have too many of those martinis, see, you'll be zazzled, see? Uh, how about foot juice? Yo. <laughs> Yo. Um, it's not what you think it means. Well, I don't know. None what, of these are. None of these are what you think it means. Uh, <laughs> what juice? Uh, these are all from an article I found in the Atlantic, by the way. So these are credible. These are real. And let me just—I should have said this up front. I should have done the disclaimer. If any of these things now mean something horribly offensive, I apologize, and I didn't know. Can I, I tried to look up whether that was the case, and this seemed mostly harmless. But can I take a I guess? We'll find out if I'm right about that. All right. Um. Foot juice. Wine is made with, has within the past is made with people pressing the grapes with their feet. Is it wine? The best part of this is Tony doesn't know whether to give you the X or the bell because he doesn't know if these are right. Russ, you got that one. Let's go. Let's go. Foot juice. And thank you for finally on the third attempt actually trying to play the game. I appreciate <laughs> that. That's what we want from all our contestants here on What's That Mean? <laughs> foot, foot juice refers to cheap wine. Ah, okay. Yeah. I got three left for you here. All clam. Right. Clam? Yes. Clam, Russ. Uh, is it like when you're nervous when you're like you clammed up? That's what the word actually means. That's not what slang is, Russ. Slang, if you're not familiar with it, is using words in a different way than what the dictionary says. Clam is a dollar, as in... The person who has made the most clams off this show is Tony Gill. Tony gave himself the bill. <laughs> your next word is, actually, I'm sorry. Your next term is banks closed. If somebody comes up to you and says banks closed, they're telling you what, Russ? Is this appropriate? Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. Uh, see. Um. Banks closed, but it doesn't have to do an actual bank. Uh, does this mean that you will not? Jeez, oh, I don't want to say this. I hope this. Is, if this is bad, bleep it, Tony. Uh, th does this mean that you won't be going home with somebody tonight? It's close enough that I'll give it to you. Oh, uh, let's go. It's what it's what an onlooker would say if you and your partner were displaying too much public affection it would be as if someone walked up to you and said get a room <laughs> banks closed last one for you russ uh i don't know what your score is at this point or if you have a chance to win i don't I think anybody two. is really gonna win I've today two correct all right good for you <laughs> uh you, you there were a couple where you didn't really try and that's that's frustrating but we'll try again next week or we won't your last word is applesauce if you say something and someone responds to it by saying, that's applesauce, see? Is They're that, saying what? It's BS. It's not Yes, real. he got it. Let's go. He got it. It's nonsense. I, a synonym for that in the 1920s would have been horse feathers. Russ, thanks for playing. Uh, you didn't win, but neither did anybody else who listens to this.
I was in the car Tuesday morning. We're recording this before game one of the NBA finals. And my seven-year-old daughter, Anna, said something to me that I thought was very profound. She said, the good thing about your favorite basketball team being so terrible is that you can just choose another team to root for. <laughs> and while it would probably, it would probably be a lot more fun if Chicago was involved whatsoever in uh, basketball relevance, I think would be the term or the playoffs even um, it is kind of freeing to just pick and choose who you like and which players for me, it's more players than teams that I like. But I think with, as far as teams go, if Giannis is going to play significantly in the finals, Russ, this should be really fun. This yeah. should be a fun, a very fun, entertaining series. I think one of the things that I think about with like the Bucks, you saw it in the end of uh, their last game of, of the Eastern Conference Finals, their offense actually runs better with Giannis not in it. And so introducing Giannis back into that mix, uh, I wonder how that throws off the dynamic. Because they were a well-oiled machine with no Giannis in there and playing just run down the court and try to bully his way into the post. But like when you can spread it out, you got Brooke Lopez refining his the fountain of youth and Chris Milton playing like he's playing and Drew Holiday doing his thing. And then Bobby Porter, shout out to Bob doing his thing. Like they look like, all right, that team's going to win the finals. But you reintroduce Giannis back into it where the ball stops and you might have some issues. So, no, I, I think it should be a fun series. Like I'm excited to have two teams that like one that has never won the finals in the Suns and a team that hasn't won since 1971 in the Bucks. So I think that's awesome for the, for the league. I think they're fun teams that don't play any defense, so I'll enjoy that part of it. Uh, defense is boring and useless to me. If all these games are in the 140s, I'll, I'll love that. Tony, do you like this, or would you have rather just seen straight up down the middle Nets versus Lakers? Um, I probably have been more invested in Nets versus Lakers. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's not really a hard thing to say. I mean, when you got the biggest names in the game playing against each other for the ultimate prize, um, of course, that's something that you want to see, but I think this, this requires, this finals requires a lot of rethinking of how we view basketball kind of going forward and how we consume it where look, like there's other players that deserves to be watched in other markets that aren't, on national television all the time, or that are in commercials all the time, um, that are providing very entertainment, entertaining basketball. So I think this is this finals is going to really show that, and I hope the NBA embraces the parody of it because uh, it's going back to normal next season, guys. None, none of this Phoenix, uh, Milwaukee, <laughs> next next year on the regularly scheduled uh, television. Russ, I can't decide who I want. To win, I don't want to do some kind of stupid like prediction segment where we say Bucks and six or Suns and whatever. But I really like Phoenix's style of play. Mm -hmm. I also really like Giannis and Chris Middleton, and I feel like it's the if they don't do it now, they're never going to get another chance. I think uh, I think the cool part about this finals is one way or another, an all time great is going to get a ring which I think is the crown jewel that many uh, all-time greats don't get the opportunity to have. And so Chris Paul, who's one of the best point guards in the history of the game, might get his first ring. Or Giannis, who's going to go down as one of the best players we've ever seen 
two-time MVP already, defensive player of the year, might get his first ring, right? Um, so I'm cool with that. Like, either one of those, I'm cool with. When you're watching and it's coming down to the last couple of minutes, though, who are you rooting for? Who do you want to win? Good basketball. Okay. Thank you for the non-answer. Tony, I mean, I can I assume you're rooting for Milwaukee. I literally gave you an answer. I literally you hate Chris Paul so much? Um, I don't know if I'm rooting for anybody. I just want to see good basketball. That's all I care about. But no, give him attitude too. No, no blowout. It was a terrible answer by him too. And you just heard me tell Russ that was a bad answer, and you thought I'll repeat this and make it sound better. I mean, I don't. It's not a bad answer. What makes it a bad answer? We literally answering your question. I don't. I don't have a connecting point to any of these these players. Right. I want to be entertained. Whatever that is, I want to be entertained. I like basketball. I want to see quality basketball. Whoever comes out on top, who comes out on top. I think you will be entertained, especially if Giannis is available. We Again, we're recording this before game one, not knowing if he ends up playing that game. But he was – at the time we were discussing this, he was questionable. So you think that he'll be back at some point in the series. I think if I had to pick, I'm for Milwaukee. I think when it comes down to it, I want to see them win. I want to see – They've been building this for a while with the same core of players. Middleton feels like he's been there forever. Um, Giannis, too. And there's just no more moves to make for them. I mean, they've built this out as much as they can. And if it doesn't happen now, it's hard to picture it ever happening. It, it's Does Bud get fired even if they win? Like, I feel like they've been trying to get Bud out of Milwaukee for years now. And, like, you can't fire the dude once he gets you to the finals, right? But if they lose... They do all kinds of crazy things in the NBA. I mean, they, they make snap decision. I don't know. It's really going to probably depend on what Giannis wants. Yeah. If, he, if he likes them, then he'll stay. And if he doesn't, then they'll have to go get somebody else. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Russ seems like a good time to check in with the Bears. They got training camp coming up, and uh, every, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But are you familiar with the defensive lineman Eddie Goldman? I am. Do you know who I'm talking about? Pro Bowl, gigantic, run-stopping, huge part of what they do. Correct. 27 years old, prime of his career. Very important. Um, Missed last season, correct? He opted out last season and then uh, nowhere to be seen since. And no one seems to know if he's going to show up for the start of training camp. Other than that, everything's fine. Wait, what? <laughs> so nobody's actually seen Eddie Goldman since 2019. That is correct. That seems dangerous. And I think the organization of <laughs> that he plays for should know his whereabouts. I'd look into that, too, if I were them. Do you want to hear about the things that we did not get to on today's show that are worth talking about? Yes, sir. All right. The Olympics are coming up in a couple of weeks and uh, all kinds of obscure Olympic sports will be put into the spotlight for the pretty much the only time in four years. You don't hear about these things like archery, badminton, rowing, judo, artistic swimming. I know you're a big artistic swimmer, Russ. Uh, fencing, surfing, handball, water polo, skateboarding. Russ is, and Russ is a big hammer thrower. All right. Thank you for uh, stomping on the joke I was going to make. I'll do it anyway. 
Russ, other than your known affinity for hammer throwing, uh, which any obscure Olympic sports get your attention? Are there any of these that you'll sit there and watch for an hour? Um, skeet shooting is, I don't know what it is about it, but the fact that that's a, a Tony, don't look at me like that. <laughs> oh my God. I think that's a really, uh, that's an interesting one. Like pulch and people like just shooting stuff in the air. Um, no, I, I stick to the main ones though. Like love watching swimming, love track and field. Um, then when basketball comes on, I watch that, but like, yeah. That's probably Tony? uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. What's the what's the thing that they uh do the the sweeping thing? Oh, Nobody curling? can see you. That's probably curling. curling. Yeah, that's the winter Olympics. That That'll be nothing have nothing to do with this. In yeah. your screen, Tony, because we could see your whole hand. <laughs> Nobody can see any part of you because again, Tony, this is a podcast. Audio platform, Tony. Russ <laughs> Phil Phil Mickelson, the golfer. Tony, that was been a, that you were attempting right there. Phil Mickelson has become very prominent uh, again. I mean, he's always had a he's he's always been famous, but ever since winning the U.S. Open, he's been much more famous. Right. Uh, but not famous as not as famous as God, I would say. And Phil Mickelson seems to think that maybe he has that kind of role over the people of Detroit, saying that he will only return for the rocket mortgage tournament there. If 50,000 people beg him to and vow to do a good deed, it's kind of reminds me of like in the old Testament, when uh, Abraham's praying for Sodom and Gomorrah, like, can he find even, even one good person there? Then maybe he'll, maybe then Phil Mickelson will come back to Detroit because he's upset about a newspaper article that uh, talked about some of his, you know, gambling activity 20 years ago. That's uh. All right. That petition was only at about 15,000 signees last time I saw. You have to sign begging Phil Mickelson to come back and vow to do a good deed. Nah, shout out to Detroit. Yeah, Phil Mickelson, bro. It's a lot of work just to get Phil Mickelson, but I appreciate him trying to save the good city of Detroit in his free time. They don't need to Phil Mickelson to save them. They're fine. Right. That was the point. Uh, Shohei Otani from the Angels, Russ. He was built in the lab somewhere. It is two-way all-star. Educate us about him, man. Teach us about Shohei Otani. Uh, he's the first all-star as a pitcher and hitter. Yeah, he's and the first half isn't even over, and he's about to break the record for home runs by a Japanese-born player. Like he can throw hundred miles an hour. He leads the league in home runs. Like what he's doing is the stuff of legend, and it's one of those situations where like I. It, there's going to be a crazy race for ALB because Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing some amazing things, but it, it's kind of Shohei Otani right now. Like what he's been able to do, especially offensively, is insane. I have a question for you about him that I was wondering, and maybe you can answer for me. Is he, yeah. is he going to always be able to do this, or at some point are they going to be like, look, man, you're, you're better as a hitter. We need you as a hitter. Or you're, or you're better as a pitcher. We need, oh. we need you just to be one or the other. For me, I think I was always one of those people like, dude, let this guy get 500 at bats because look what he could do if you do that. And he's showing because he's playing every day, like what you can do if you give him those at bats. But he's been able to stay healthy. You know, he had Tommy John already. 
Uh, he's been fine in the rotation, and he might be the Angels' best starting pitcher, too. So, I mean, I think you just do it until his body says otherwise. But until that point, you let him do it. Like, that's why you brought him over here. Like, you didn't bring him over here to put rules on him. Like, hey, this is who I am. I'm this unicorn. Let me be a unicorn. Like, don't hinder me now because you have me over here. You don't want me to get hurt. Like, I was doing this in Japan and killing it. And so, like, the I think he got the perfect manager, perfect situation in L.A. with the Angels where Joe is that type of guy. Like, here, we're not going to put rules on you. Do your thing. Um, and I think he's benefited because of that. The thing I thought of is a lot of times when a guy is a catcher and he's a good hitter, they're eventually like, we got to get you out of catching. You can come be a DH or a first baseman or something. And so I wondered if that might at some point be the case for him. But you you think they'll keep going like this? I think until they until there's real evidence that he can't do until he can't pitch, because he'll be always be able to hit. Like he what he's doing right now is amazing. But like if he just shows you that, look, he can't pitch anymore, fine. Um, but I think right now you just ride this out because he's showing you that he can do it. And finally, one more important piece of news that we did not get to on today's show, regrettably. A 65-year-old man in Austria was bit in the undercarriage by a five-foot python while sitting on the toilet, the Associated Press reports. I want to add that part so people don't think I'm just making this up. This was an AP story Tuesday. Uh, About 6 a.m., Russ, he's doing what many people do first thing in the morning. And sitting on the toilet, felt what he told authorities was, quote, a nip in the genital area. And it was found to have come from a python that escaped from his neighbor's apartment. Uh, He didn't look. He didn't. Maybe it wasn't there when he sat down. I don't know. I'm I'm not very alert first thing in the morning. He deserved it. You check your toilet for snakes every morning? I literally look in the toilet. Well, then it's what you good. This will never happen to you then. His neighbor, his neighbor, by the way, this isn't an apartment building. His neighbor has 11 snakes and a gecko. So it's a lot to keep track of and uh, probably easy to forget to lock one of those cages. Next thing you know, you're five foot pythons in your neighbor's toilet. I'm going to do it for sports, Jason, this week. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of things come up today that this show is that the best thing you can say about the show today is that a lot of things came up. I mean, it was very funny and I don't know what makes it on to the final edit of this, but it was really funny today. Um, I appreciate all you guys for listening. As always, IvyShirts.com. Our collection is up. If you had an issue uh, the last couple of days, shirts should be back up. Um Promo code Jason10 get 10% off free shipping for Jason Leisure, Tony Gill. I'm Russ Dorsey. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports of Jason with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports of Jason on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much Jason. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.